Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 286. Don't envy anyone. Be the best that you can be and enjoy who you are. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com and click on the free book button on the homepage. Download your free Filler Up book today at Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Peter Aylett. Peter, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Hey, Mark. I'm actually sitting in my Jag as we speak. All Let's right. Spin. Jolly good show. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Pete Aylett is the great-grandson of a London carriage maker. He had a 25-year career as an automotive design engineer with British, German, American, and Japanese car companies. He worked for Ford and Lotus in England, Mercedes in Stuttgart, GM in Detroit, Nissan, and Mazda at the Advanced Design Studios in California. Thirteen years ago, he founded his own company, Car Art Incorporated, selling art by renowned artists, designers, fine artists, and photographers. Today, he represents 80 artists from 20 countries in the world's largest online car art gallery with 1,300 artworks of 130 different marks. Peter's a member of the Motor Press Guild and a past member of the Society of Automotive Engineers and the Industrial Designers Society of America. Peter, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your business, your career, and of course your passion for automobiles? Sure. Well, good to be with you on Cars. Yeah, Mark, and thank you for the introduction. You're welcome. Well, I'm I'm British. I was born uh, about five miles from Buckingham Palace. My dad was an engineer, my mum something of an artist. Uh, you know, I grew up in the austerity of post-war England, and the prosperity of America seemed pretty enticing. And for a while in England, we had the so-called brain drain to the United States. Mm. Uh, as a kid, you know, I, I watched uh, Hollywood programs on BBC like Spinamati and Dragnet, uh, Highway Patrol, Route 66, 77 Sunset Strip. So I was quite familiar with American cars and roads before I even got here. But, you know, if somebody had told me, hey, one day you'll live in California, see Joe Friday's City Hall, drive down Route 66 and Sunset Strip and redesign Buzz and Todd's Corvette, meet Spinamati, I would have told them they're completely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that all came true. I, you know, I first came uh, to America in 1976 for the... U.S. Bicentennial and the Olympic Games in Canada. So I caught two major events in a, in a three-week period, which was really exciting. Yeah. But I, I crossed the pond again in 1981 to work in Detroit and then came to California in 1988. And, you know, I'm not sure I could have started my business anywhere else because it's such a creative environment here. Mm. You know, aside from the entertainment and aerospace industries, uh, 
There are so many car design studios and car enthusiasts here. And think of all the automotive innovation that originated in, in Southern California. You know, I, I was looking on Google the other day and checking some of the, the automotive firsts in California. You think of uh, in the 1920s, Harley L started car styling. He was the first to use clay modeling yes. in car design. Yeah. 1925 was the first uh, motel in San Luis Obispo. Mm -hmm. The 1930s, you had the, uh, the hob rods on the, the dry lake beds uh, northeast of Los Angeles. Uh, 1948, uh, in and out the first drive-through restaurant. Also in 1948 was the first car design course at Art Center in, in L.A. Yes. Then uh, 1951, you got Wally Parks and the, uh, the National Hob Rod Association, the, the first go-kart was designed in LA in 1956, <laughs> so uh, cool. Ingalls. And then 1964, the June buggy, yep. uh, Bruce Myers. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, today the, the Automotive Finance Society is based here, and more than half the world's car designers are trained at Art Center in Pasadena. Yes, it is an incredible place. So what you're telling me is I should not have taken for granted growing up in Southern California. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's uh, it's an incredible place to be, and of course the weather is just just unbelievable. My my dad used to say, "There's only two things I hate in life, and both of them are rain." <laughs> well, <laughs> well, with this climate, I got no complaints at all. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, it's a really wonderful story, and I've had many guests here on Cars Yeah that come from other countries and have started businesses here. We talked in our pre-show chat about the artist Harold Cleworth coming from England. Lance right. Stander from Superformance. I could list off many, many more. And the culture in Southern California is exactly that. And you did it very eloquently. Fantastic. Thank you. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Peter, mm -hmm. take the wheel. Well, two come to mind marked by famous Brits. The, the first is just two words by Lord Baden-Powell, and that is, be prepared. Mm. <laughs> that, that was my Boy Scout motto. Yes. Uh, and I, I felt it's good advice throughout life. Uh, it helped me with this interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try to make this a fun talk for everybody. And yes, you're very well prepared. But how how have you incorporated that into your career over time? Well, you know, there's uh, lots of times when I when I haven't followed that advice, and uh, you know, I look back and thought, well, you didn't consider that possibility and prepare for it. But you know, the other the other saying that comes to mind is uh, one I heard from Richard Branson. And I heard him say, if you're the best in your field, you'll never go bust. No <laughs> hotels that are the best, no clubs that are the best, no airlines that are the best go bankrupt. And I hope he's right, because my company tagline is the world's finest automotive art. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I've worked for world-class companies in, in Europe and, and the USA, so I've seen the best firsthand and, and try to apply that standard to my own company. Well, what comes to mind is a, a fellow Brit, Sir Henry Royce, that great saying about striving for perfection. And if it doesn't right. exist, then go out and find it. I didn't say it exactly the way he said it, but I think it has a lot in common with 
great companies always trying to be as good as they possibly can and striving for that perfection. Perfection Absolutely. is uh, is definitely an elusive imaginary thing in many cases because it's a moving target, but uh, it sounds like it's worked for you. <laughs> great. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Could you tell me if there was a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy? Well, it's probably in my genes, Mark. As you mentioned at the outset, my great-grandfather was a carriage maker in London. I also had two uncles who worked for the British Motor Corporation. And from early childhood, I'd always been fascinated with cars. In fact, my, my mum kept a drawing. I had done of a car at the age of three. Oh, my gosh. And so I, I was always scribbling and sketching cars. And uh, in the 50s, I was fascinated by big, flashy American cars, which were someone like the small, practical, and conservative cars that we have in England. And uh, yes. I remember my art teacher once showing us a picture of the of the big tail fin on a 59 Cadillac Eldorado, and, and he was <laughs> very, uh, uh, very unimpressed by it. He, he said, it's so unnecessary. <laughs> and, and I was thinking, what's he talking about? It looks smashing. Yes. And, <laughs> And, uh, you know, years later, I, I got to tell that story to Chuck Jordan, who, who designed it, and he got a kick out of it. And <laughs> by the way, he, he said the first time he drove that Eldorado, he thought he was being followed and, until he realized he was glimpsing the tail fin in his rearview mirror. <laughs> he was following himself. <laughs> it's like a dog chasing his tail. <laughs> but I, I think uh, I may have become... Uh, really intrigued with car design at the age of 14 when my dad took me to the motor show in London mm. <clears throat> in 1961 there was a, an American concept car on display the Chrysler Turbo Flight I don't know whether you recall that but it had a novel canop canopy for getting in and out yes and you know that experimentation beyond ordinary production cars set me thinking about future possibilities and then a few years later there were two other concept cars which really blew me away the the 1967 Lamborghini Marzel Ooh, yes. and the 1968 Alfa Romeo Carabo and I, I put pictures of them on my wall as probably the start of <laughs> the real start of my later car art career but uh, and then 20 years after that I was actually helping to design a concept car myself the Corvette Stingray 3 Wow. Well, you are proof that dreams do come true. Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Peter, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. The most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation and what did you learn from it? I think that was probably the period when I transitioned from car design to car art. My entire group, Advanced Engineering, was laid off from Mazda R&D in California. I'd been there 10 years, and some of the fellows I worked with had been there 25 years. So that, that wow. was a real blow to us. Yeah. Uh, there were about six or seven in our group, and um, that whole function was sent back to Hiroshima in Japan. And so I gave a lot of thought about what road I might take next, and uh, knocked a few ideas around with um, a couple of friends of mine that also used to be at Mazda. And um, one of them had suggested maybe automotive art and selling uh, pictures or prints of that. But, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I latched onto that idea and was 
able to take my experience and contacts from the the world of automotive design and bring a fresh perspective to to the world of automotive art. Well, uh, it's a big pivot, as they call it in today's yeah. words, uh, words or descriptions of people who have a career path going down one way, and something alters that. There's a fork in the road, I guess, or a roadblock in your case, where they said, this road's closed, sorry, <laughs> don't come back. Right, right. And so many of my guests have faced job losses, and those were times in their lives where they really had to step back and re-identify what was important to them and where they wanted to go. I'd love to talk a little bit more about that moment in time that caused you to make this shift because you did stay in the automotive industry, but it was a pretty big diversion. It was. And uh, I mean, that that aha moment for me came when uh, I was thinking about getting into the automotive art. And uh, my design background gave me an idea. I thought, you know, you can always get an artwork by a fine artist. Wouldn't it be cool if you could own an artwork by the guy who actually designed your car? (laughs) So, So my tagline became your car in art by the car's designer. Ah. And uh, so that that's how I started out with uh, Card Inc. I, and at the time, I set up a, a website called CardDesignerArt.com, and I, I commissioned uh, Wu Hong Chin, uh, whom I've worked with at Mazda, to create a painting of the the Mazda RX-7 that he designed. But, uh, you know, going before that, when I'm back in uh, my days in car design, there were a couple of other aha moments. There was... One, uh, when I worked on the Corvette Stingray 3 concept at GM's Advanced Concept Center, and uh, Chuck Jordan came out from Detroit, and um, he was looking at the clay model we had, and he was challenging us to come up with a new twist on the the traditional four Corvette tail lamps. And uh, literally a light bulb moment went off in my head because I immediately said, well, hey, how about four rings of LEDs? Huh? And that's that's how we built the car, with a body-colored oval inside each ring. And so far as I know, that was the first time LEDs were ever used on any car for tail lamps. They, they've been used on the high-mounted stop lamp, but not on the tail lamps. Yeah. But, but, so that ring idea is uh, still unique. And the another idea I had was, uh, on that concept was for pop-up head restraints. And that's... Uh, something that was three years later was put into production by BMW on the three-series convertible. Yeah. Oh, that is incredible. Well, you really did answer that next question about aha moments for me because so many times those aha moments can come from very unique places in our lives. Mm -hmm. How about proudest moments, proudest career business moments? Is there one in particular that stands out for you? I would assume with as long of a career you've had, there have been many. But is is there one that really stands out? Uh, well, I, I think creating the world's greatest automotive art gallery. I, I mean, it's not often a per- person can say they've, they have something which is the best in the world. And I, I think I can truly say that gallery is. And uh, I'm proud to represent incredibly talented designers and fine artists like Henrik Fisker, Camilla Pardo, Ken Ebert, Alan Fernley and others. And uh, many of them don't have a website. So when people Google their name, they often find my site. Yes. Um, but before that, I, I was also very proud to um, see production cars on the road that I helped design. Uh, like the Mars RX-8, the DeLorean, Buick Riata, Cadillac DeVille. Or seeing a concept car, the show or magazine I have create like that Stingray 3 or 
Mazda NVX or Nissan Cocoon. Sure. I can't tell you probably how many people have dreamt about designing cars, being car designers, and never went down that path. So that must be incredibly rewarding when something goes by and you just think back, oh, wow, I had a touch of that. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I work with a, a lot of the best guys in the business, and uh, I learned a lot from them. Uh, when I was at Ford in England, there was a bunch of guys that went on to great things there. Uh, Tom Scotty became uh, chief of design for Ford in Dearborn and Gia and Turin. Uh, Patrick Leckelman, who became chief of design for Renault. Uh, Simon Cox, who became uh, design chief for Cadillac. Yeah. Peter Harbury, who headed up Volvo Design in Sweden. Uh, all um, superstars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chuck Jordan, Jerry Hershberg and Nissan. Tom wow. Tom, 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 just, a, just a bunch of them I was uh, fortunate to uh, to work with. Wow. Can't even imagine. Let's mm. have a little bit of fun here. Yeah. What was your first really special vehicle? And if you could share a memory that you have around that car, that bike, whatever it might have been. Right. Well, my first car in England was an Austin Mini. And that was so fun to drive. It felt like a go-kart, you know, with the starter button on the floor. And uh, oh, yeah. I souped up the engine and put racing stripes on the bonnet <laughs> and a custom, custom instrument panel. And, uh, you know, 25 years later in California, I got a chance to drive one ah. today. And, I, you know, I got more looks on the 101 freeway in that car than any other car I'd ever driven. Yeah, I mean, of course. Ferrari, you name it. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. But... Uh, uh, the first car I had in America was the complete opposite. I wanted the biggest Yang tank I could find. <laughs> and it was a Pontiac Grand Safari station wagon. Oh, my goodness. Which which was the biggest car Pontiac ever made. That's a big it car. It was 20 feet long, 7 feet wide, you know, power everything, 400 cubic inch engine with uh, three rows of seats. And I had this... Very clever clamshell tailgate. I don't know whether you recall those. But I, the, I do. Uh, I do remember yeah. those, yeah. I love that. You know, the glass went up into the roof yeah. and, the, and, the, and the tailgate went down, and it was a completely open rear end. It, it, uh, incredible design. Uh, another feature that particular car had, uh, uh, which appeared recently on cars, uh, was an adjustable pedal set. It had a lever under the steering column. Ah. So you could move the pedals back and forth. Isn't Ford uh, doing that with the new GT? Yeah, yeah, uh, I don't know about the GT. I know Ford introduced it on uh, one car. Okay. Um, but uh, the the only thing against it was that this, uh, this Buick only got 12 miles to the gallon. <laughs> but but I figured that was about 15 miles to the bigger British gallon. And since petrol was half price here, I, I convinced myself I was getting about 30 mpg. <laughs> You're doing okay. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm talking with my past guest, Harold Cleworth, because when he came to the U.S., it was the same thing. He wanted something big and bold yeah. and U.S., big iron, right. so very Absolutely. cool. And that Mini Cooper, I had a friend in college whose roommate had a Mini Cooper, and he took me for a ride. Uh, I was living in San Diego from Civic Beach up to the cross on Mount Soledad in La Jolla and then back down the other side, which is, if anyone's ever done that road, it's very windy and small and short. And yes, mm. it was so cool. It was like being yeah. in a go-kart. I couldn't believe what that car could do. I was just <laughs> yeah. looking at him going, we're not going to make it around this corner. There's a cliff over there. And he just he just smiled and said, hold on. So Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Is there a vehicle that you've had in your past that you've sold that you really wish you still had in the garage? Yeah, that kind of is, Mark. A car 
I own the longest was a limited edition Mazda Miata oh. in British racing green with a tan leather interior. I, I had it almost 20 years, and uh, it had the first glass backlight and tan top on a Miata. That was a prototype that was uh, was installed during development, and mm-hmm. I installed low-profile pop-up lamps and cool wheels, etc. I just love that car. And uh, a guy flew down from San Francisco to buy it. And when he drove it away, I was so upset to see it go. So upset. Yes, I've watched many cars drive down the street and looked at my wife and said, why did I not drive that more? I just saved it for that guy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. How about a vehicle that you purchased and shortly thereafter said to yourself, what am I thinking? Uh, Not really, because I, I do tend to keep cars a long time. The, the car I'm sitting in now is the, this Jaguar X-Type, and I, I've had that for 13 years since I, I left Mars. And, uh, wow. So, I, yeah, I, I, I do tend to choose carefully and hang on to cars. There you go. Smart man. Yeah. Is there a project that you're working on right now at Car Art that really has you excited and fired up? Well, there, there is one uh, that I can't say too much about at the moment, uh, but it would actually involve getting back into car design for a while. Oh. Dotsil Motorcars up in your neck of the woods in, in the state of Washington are planning a new car called the Manhattan hmm. with a 1,000-horsepower V16 engine. Did you say 1,000 horsepower? Yes, yes. Wow. So uh, if they get funding, I will help develop the prototype here in Orange County. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, so I, um, I've been working with these uh, folks, and uh, I'm hoping they do get funding. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that yeah. sounds incredible. Once that comes to fruition, I'm going to call you up and learn a little bit more about this. This sounds very well, intriguing. Yeah, the retail price would be $650,000, Mark, but I, I oh. can probably get you a discount. Well, thank you. I'm going to need one, <laughs> especially at the end of this talk when I buy you whatever car you want because right. you know, I'm going to be a little lighter in the wallet if they say. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Peter. Mm. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Right. Well, that, that's the Cleworth question. Yes. Right? Yeah, very good. Very good. You've been listening to cars. Yeah. yeah. I'm impressed. Right. Well, being a bred like Harold, I would have to. It would have to be a British car. Okay. And uh, I love cats and I love sports. So, what does that suggest, Mark? It has to be a Jaguar, right? Oh yes, beautiful Jaguar. Okay, which yeah. one? Uh, may, maybe an E-Type would be nice. Ooh, uh, yeah. I've enjoyed my X-Type, but an E-Type would be so much nicer. Well, let me ask you, let's delve into this a little bit more. An E-Type, obviously a beautiful, beautiful, incredibly uh, out-there design when it came out in, what, the late 50s, 1960. It was the car that launched my passion into cars because my father father bought Mm. me my first Matchbox by Lesney was a red Jaguar E-Type. I still have it to this day. Interesting. Yes. And uh, so let's delve into this. As a car designer, I would love for you to talk a little bit about the design of the E-Type. Huh. Interesting you should say that, Mark, because (laughs) uh, just just recently, you know, the the car's designer was Malcolm Sayer. Yes. Who designed not only the E type, but the C type and the D type uh-huh. as well. And, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, he used to be an aerodynamicist for Bristol uh, Airplane Company. Mm-hmm. 
And just recently, I was in touch with his grandson, Sam oh. Fay, and there's a website about uh, his grandfather. And so, yeah, the the story behind the E-type is an interesting one. And there was actually an American involved, which I didn't realize before, a guy called Bob Blake, who was known as a... Uh, an artist in metal, I think was the term they used, and he was a, a panel beater. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was really the guy that uh, developed the the fixed head coupe. The the E-Type was originally the convertible mm -hmm. version, and it was Bob that really came up with the shape of the uh, fixed head coupe. So that's something I hadn't realized before. But uh, Malcolm Sayer, and all credit to him, I, I think the way they designed cars back then, and particularly for Jaguar, is not how they do it nowadays. And how they, how he was able to come up using mathematical formulas, evidently, to uh, to develop the the body shape is is an extraordinary story. Because, as you say, the E-Type is one of the most unbelievable shapes, uh, even to this day. Yes, ah, uh, they're just gorgeous. Definitely yeah. on my bucket list. So, yeah. Peter, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power, and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. All right, Peter, we're back, and we're entering the last lap, and this is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Okay. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? I would say invest in the best tools you can afford. <laughs> uh, just, just, just quickly, when I started work as a draftsman, I used to borrow an expensive set of bean compasses mm -hmm. from a colleague, and uh, he ended up giving me a lecture about, hey, if you want to stay in this business, you should be well-equipped. And that was a lesson well-learned. By the time I started at Ford, I had the finest equipment of anyone there. You know, my father, who's an architect and an artist his entire life, told me the same thing. He said, buy the best tools that you can, and if you can't afford them, save up so that you can get the best tools, because right. you'll have them for life, and you'll really appreciate them. And I followed his lead there. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? I'd say learn from the best and put that to good use. <laughs> Great advice. Yeah. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with the Cars Yeah listeners you think they would enjoy? Well, certainly my website, which is simply carart.us. Wonderful. It's a great site. 
And we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end, but I would encourage our listeners to go check it out because uh, you only end up spending a bunch of time there. It's it's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Is there one book in particular you believe our listeners would really enjoy reading? There's one I really like. It's called AFAS, A Celebration of Automotive Art by Jerry Donnell. Uh, It's a big coffee table book with the art and biographies of all the members of the Automotive Fine Arts Society. Yes, you know, I've been attending that show at Pebble Beach. Those artists, many of them have been guests here on Cars, yeah. Uh, Wonderful book, beautiful book, and the uh, the plethora and and the expansive knowledge that these artists have and the the talent is just uh, beyond anything. So uh, great, great suggestion. First time that book's been suggested here. And there is a special place on the Cars, yeah website, Guest Recommended Books, where you can go and find books that all of our guests here have recommended and you can find these links at carsyad.com slash Peter Aylett. Peter's last name is A-Y-L-E-T-T. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars, Peter? I love playing table tennis and golf. Uh, love photography and family history. I've also uh, collected quite a few pictures with uh, signed by famous Brits and Americans like the Beatles and Elvis, Muhammad Ali, the Stones, Apollo 11 crew and others. Very cool. Very cool. All right. We're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because today I'll write the check. Hey, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I can't afford that $600,000 car you're going to be working on. I bought a lot of cars for people over the last year. 287 years is going to be. <laughs> what would that one vehicle be? And more importantly, why would you choose that car? Yeah, I've been asked this one before, Mark. It is so hard to choose just one. I know. It would either be British or Italian. I know that. So, you know, a Bentley, an Aston Martin, a Jaguar, or a Ferrari, Maserati, or Lamborghini. But I think if it had to be just one, it would be the Lamborghini Mirror because that car had such an enormous impact on me when I first saw it. I mean, just a fantastic yes. shape with such clever detailing. I mean, I, I just went over every line and surface of that for, for years afterwards. I, I thought it was brilliant. But if I could have a concept car instead, uh-huh. uh, I think it would have to be the 1968 Alfa Romeo Carabo. That Both cars were designed by Marcelli Gandini, who I consider greatest other car designer. Uh, well, yes, yeah. some wonderful cars there. The Mira has a special place in my heart as well. I've been fortunate enough to drive one of those and uh, spend a day photographing one of those cars. And oh my gosh, yeah. I, I can't find anywhere on the car I don't like. It's just right. <laughs> everything about it is is so fantastic. And the guests yeah. that appeared on... Hey, hey. Yeah, hey, Mark, let me, let me jump in there. I've got a quick question oh, for you. Oh, okay. All right. Here's a twist. <laughs> Before we finish. I, almost. You know, cars, cars, yes, is so great for inspiring automotive enthusiasts. And Gandini, Gio Giaro, Colin Chapman, and Gordon Burek are my design heroes. Mm-hmm. They've so inspired me, and I, I've been fortunate to meet them all. Who most inspired you, and did you meet them? Oh, gosh, Moy, now you, you've twisted me in a knot here because I have so many. But you know who I think mm. it would have to be would be Ferdinand Porsche, the original Porsche, because I love Porsche automobiles. And looking back at right. the innovation that he brought into his car design, and 
the early cars weren't as glamorous as some of the designers you just mentioned, but mm-hmm. I think it was more about the innovation and the somewhat utilitarian nature of his design of his cars. And of course, his son, Ferry Porsche, and Bootsy Porsche, his son, and the 911, of course, and the 356. So yeah, just having to pull right. a, a card out of my sleeve today here, because you're the first person who's asked me a question here on cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it would go back to him just because um, just the innovation there and, and yeah. the kinds of things that he brought forth and the ideas and the different ways that he, he presented things and thought about things. I, if I had to answer one real quick, I, if you if you gave me time to think about it, I might come up with a different answer, but that's my my cars, yeah, answer for this Interesting. today. Great answer. Yeah, thank well, thank you for asking. That was quite fun to have the tables turn a little bit. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Well, there's an About Me page on carart.us, or you can search my name on LinkedIn, which mm-hmm. has a lot of information about the things I've worked on. Okay, and obviously your, your company website is www.carart.com, is that correct? Car.us. U.S., okay. U.S. Okay, awesome, great. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything Peter's been so kind to share with us today at carsyad.com slash Peter Aylett. Just put Peter in the search box. His show notes page will pop right up. You can find links to everything there, and I would encourage you to check out his website, check out his past. I think you're going to have a lot of fun, and you're going to find a lot of things that you probably can't live without. At least that's what we hope today. So, (laughs) all right. So, Peter, thank you for being so generous with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much, Mark. Cheerio. You're welcome. Cheers to you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!